Have you guys ever felt overwhelmed? Uh, how many people would consider themselves multitaskers? That's a word we see. Really? Wow, I'm not. I'm a, I'm a linear person. Uh, and I, I want to talk just a little bit about that today. We've been doing a series called Being Christian, and we've been, what we've been doing is basically kind of going through the book of James. Uh, the book of James is a book that uh, uh, he wrote to kind of the, the early churches, and some of the stuff that he wrote was encouraging, some of the stuff was a little confrontational. Uh, and in some of the stuff, he actually kind of, um, it appears that he would disagree with the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul in his letters always wrote about how it's not about your works that uh, uh, matters, it's about your faith that matters. Your faith is what is important and all of this kind of stuff. And James kind of writes something that seems uh, contradictory to that, but really it's not. And I'm going to go over that with you. James in uh, James 2, 14 through 17 says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself is as if it has no works, is dead. Now, we just got done reading a whole bunch of letters from Paul where he said that your works is not important, but your faith is what's important. And you would read this at first thing, and you think, uh-oh, we've got an argument, the first argument in the history of the church. I don't, I don't really, yeah, first of many. But we, I don't really see it that way because what James is actually saying is your faith, your works that you do is actually an echo of your faith. If you have true faith in, in what Christ has taught us, you don't just sit there and say, I got faith, I got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. And so you, you don't just sit there on it. Your faith is what actually puts you to work Anybody that thinks a Christ, being a Christian is just a noun is sadly mistaken. Christian is a verb. It puts us to action. And what James was seeing is a lot of these early churches were saying, we are Christian, we got faith, we believe, yay! Let's just sit here and do nothing. And sadly, a lot of churches have continued to do that for over 2,000 years. A lot of churches, they like to say, we are followers of God, and God will see us through anything, and it doesn't matter if we move or anything. If you're starving, that's because you don't believe. If you're poor, that's because you don't have enough faith. If you don't have the lack of everything, that's because you just don't have enough stuff. But if we look at the old, if the old letters here of the new churches, they're saying, no, your faith is what gets you off your butt and gets you going and as you help those people. James is saying if you see somebody that is starving on the street and you just say, well, God be with you, do, 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 do. And if you walk like that, you're going to get laughed at anyways. But he's saying, what, what good is that for them? In today's world, we have the marvels of, of people that are entrepreneurs. We have science. We have doctors. A lot of people think that faith and science don't mix. Science is a result of faith. Science is something that helps us to determine how best to help people. And that's what we're here for as Christians. We're not here to just sit around and say, we believe. 
and leave it at that. Because what's happened over the years is we have seen and we have been warned from the very beginning what's happened over the years is people have said, we believe, and they leave it at that. And they start to determine who gets to come into their church and who's worthy of their church and, and who's, uh, who, who's part of their inner circle. And over the years, we've seen a lot of people feel on the outside of churches. You know, John Wesley, the, the founder of uh, the Methodist movement, uh, got chastised because he kept going outside the church walls to preach to the people that the church people wouldn't actually let in because they were too poor or they were too uh, lower class and dirty. And Paul, or, uh, J, uh, uh, what's his name? John, thank you, would go outside and I've got to stop my medication. He would go outside and, and, and preach to these folks because his action was an echo of his faith. If our faith is strong, people should be able to see it, not by us just saying, God loves me, by, but by us putting into action the action of God also loves you. And that means that everything that we do as a church, everything we do as a movement, everything we do as neighbors, as Christians, means that we have to be able to help other people. We have to be able to open our eyes to see who are the people that are being ostracized, outcast, not respected, or not feeling like they can come into these doors. If they don't feel like we could come into these doors as Christians, we're supposed to go out and get them. That's what our call is. And that's what these early people of the church movement were warning people of to, back then. I mean, 2,000 years ago. They were saying, do you realize that the poor, that the marginalized, that the outcasts, they are the ones that Christ loves? And so if you're not actually stepping outside or keeping that door open and saying, it's my job as a Christian to say, God loves you. But also to say, are you hungry? Are, do you need help? How, how's your mental state? What is it that plagues you? How can we help you? Church is about a community. It's about a movement, and it always has. That means that Christians have to keep moving. Moving outside the doors. It's very easy to say, and we love to say this so much it's become a cliche. Oh, you got your problems? Well, I'll pray for you. Jesus is saying, that's great. But be careful of the answer you're going to get when you pray. Because when you pray, the answer you're going to hear is, get off your butt and help them. I'm not a magic genie. I actually am a person that walks with people because people are the ones that are going to make the change. So many times Jesus put people, his disciples, and he said, you just go do it. You go do it. He was trying to build a community of people that reached out to other people. His mission 
was about connecting those that were inside to those that felt like they were outside. Now that's easy to say. It's easy to say, okay, oh, I get it. I'm a Christian. My job is to help everybody. Everybody. Yikes. That can be overwhelming. It doesn't take much. You can look on the news or social media to see what kind of condition our world is in. And when you look at the things that, where you think that people need the love of Jesus Christ, it can be quite overwhelming. It's much more uh, vast and wide. And it can be hard to think that i gotta, I got to help everybody. i got to help change the world. I don't know if I can do that. And oftentimes what we do is we get overwhelmed. We try to multitask that. We try to, to, to uh, help this and help this, and we try to throw some money over here, and we try to volunteer over here, and we, we, we try to help that, the person and adopt that kid over there, and we do this kind of thing over there, and suddenly we just feel like we're not making anything. And what eventually, sadly, happens is we exhaust ourselves and we give up because we, we don't see that we're changing that big, big picture. I want to tell you a story about um, Jesus. He had just got done um, talking with his disciples, and they, and they were preaching this area, you know, and, and this was one of those areas where he was, he was uh, talking to people and just... An enormous amount of people came. Many, pe many times Jesus loved to talk to one person at a time. He was very much about that connection, but there were times when he would talk to thousands at a time. They must have had a, a great PA system because, uh, you know, or mountains that he echoed against or, you know, I guess. But at this time, the Bible says there were, I love this, the Bible says there were 5,000 men. <laughs> uh, there were also women, uh, but some, somebody that wrote that uh, was a little chauvinist, to be honest. Uh, and so we always have to say 5,000 men, but there were women, there were children, there were people. People in need of hearing that they were loved, people in need of uh, being healed and all of that kind of stuff. And Jesus was walking amongst all the people and he was healing people. He was telling them that you matter. He was telling them that you were loved. But his disciples started to get a little bit nervous because it was starting to get dark and they were kind of out there in the middle of nowhere. They were out in the, this kind of field area, this desolate place. And the villages and stuff were way over there. And so the, one of the disciples, it doesn't really say who, we'll say Bartholomew because he doesn't really get much play, you know, and I feel sorry for him. But uh, he, we'll say Bartholomew. We'll just, they called him Bart. And he just comes up uh, to Jesus and he says, hey, uh, I think we need to turn the people away. You know, no, no, we need to tell them that they have to go into the villages. They have to go to the marketplaces because it's getting dark and, and we don't have anything. We, we got a couple of fish and we got some loaves of bread, but that's just a handful of it. So um, 
Can you, because you're kind of the spokesman person there, they're not listening to me, can you tell them to just go to the Denny's or the, the, uh, the Hy-Vee store or whatever and just go get some food there and stuff and we'll just meet them tomorrow or something like that? And see, that's, that's the prayer because uh, that's what we do. If we, uh, if we feel overwhelmed, we just go, hey God, I want you to fix this for us. And just like the answer to many of our prayers, Jesus turns to Bart and he says, you feed him. And at that time, the disciples are going, I'm not sure you heard us. Uh, We just have a little, I mean, these are just little, you know, they're sandwich bags. That's that's it. And there's a lot of people out here. There's over 5,000 men and women out there. And they get nervous because they see the big picture. And it's overwhelming to them. Wouldn't it be? I mean, try to put yourself in the position of that. You're walking around with a guy that does miracles. Boom, you you can't walk. Well, boom, now you can. And look at this. I can walk on water. And boom, and all this stuff. And you want, want some wine? We'll take that tap water. And bam, it's wine right there. You see this, but you still don't really get... The idea, when you see over 5,000 people that are starting to be hungry and you wonder, how am I supposed to do that? And this is where, and I know that a lot of people have heard this story. We, we see Jesus, and it's always in the movies, you know, where he stands there, and there's a backlight on him, you know, and his blonde hair is flowing. It must be the only blonde guy in the Middle East, but he holds this thing, you know, the bucket up there, and he just, you know, and then suddenly he just, he brings it down, and through the, the miracle of editing, there's, you know, people that are eating fish sticks, and they're dipping into tartar sauce, and they're, you know, they're making sandwiches, and they're just singing and all this stuff. The thing that we miss out that's important for me is that first, what Jesus says, have, he sees that the disciples are overwhelmed and he gets it. And he says, have the people, uh, group them into groups of about 50 and have them sit. And so they do that. They have everybody in the crowd uh, kind of get into smaller groups. And then Jesus takes this, uh, the loaf and the fish, and he blesses them. And he goes to each group, and he feeds each group with the little, little that they had. And it ends with them having leftovers which is when they invented the Ziploc baggie. (laughs) Another miracle. Wow, it stays fresh. The reason I bring that up is because oftentimes we look at the world as the disciples did, the crowd, the massive crowd, and we think, how... I want to be a good Christian. I, I, I really want to be, I, I get that, that Christianity is an action. I get that it means that I'm supposed to help my neighbor. And I get that everybody out here is my neighbor, but it's, it's really overwhelming. I don't know if I can feed 5,000. And Jesus kind of paints a little bit of a picture to where his disciples might see it as... Um, You can't feed 5,000, but could you feed 50? 
If you broke it up, could you feed the smaller groups? And remember, Jesus is all about community. He's all about telling all of us uh, how to engage into our communities and be part of our communities and help the people in our communities. But he also knows that it can be quite overwhelming. When I look at the world, I feel like giving up. We paint a terrible picture for our kids these days. We basically tell them that the world is dying and it's going to end. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, if I were a teenager today, I'd be saying, why do algebra? Who cares? You know, I mean, it, I'm never going to use it if the world were to last, but you're saying it's going to end. So why am I, why physics? Who cares? But if I were to take maybe one group at a time, and if I were to look at the, 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 the small amount of fish and the small amount of bread, if I was to look at that as the small amount of skills that I had, then maybe I could take that small amount of skills that I have to that smaller group of people. Like maybe instead of looking at the world, the, the thousands, the millions, I just looked at people that were right next door to me. The people that were in front of me. The, the people that I could see. Maybe I picked one or two of those things and used the small skills, my little bit of bread, my little bit of fish, and I... I offered that, just that. Maybe, maybe what Christ is saying in that illustration there is that that can multiply. My kindness to one person can have ripple effects. You ever feel like you're having a bad day and somebody says something just wonderful to you? And suddenly it just makes your day. And suddenly you feel good and you spread that happiness to someone else. A simple word, a simple phrase, a gesture, buying your, your coffee can sometimes turn you around from going down to the pit of despair to up in the land of hope. If I just looked at that instead of thousands of people hungry, and if I just took the time to see one individual at a time and shared just the little bit of stuff that I had, and if you did that, and you did that, as a community, if we all did that, Think of the many thousands, millions that would be helped, that would be fed, that would know that they are loved. It's not up to just you to feed all of them. It's, all, it's up to us to take each one of the things that we have. Your skill might be finances. Your skill might be just uh, music. Your skill might be telling a joke. Your skill might be just helping other people. But your skill, every one of us has a skill that we can turn into an act 
of generosity and an act of kindness. And if just one of us did that, and it echoed, and it ripple effect, and you saw it, and you said, well, I can do that too. And you saw it and said, okay, I don't have that skill, but I can do this. And each one of us started to do this. My God, we're in danger of creating an actual Christian community. Where 2,000 years ago, they said, this is what matters. And it still does. When we first put this church on the map, I said, I, I believe the mission that we're doing, I believe the things that we are doing can truly change the world. And sometimes when you hear that, you think the thousands. But I'm telling you, split them up into small groups, share the little that you have. It will multiply. It will grow, it will feed people, and it will change the world. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, help us find the skills that we have. Help us find what our bread and fish are. And let us know that while it might seem minute and small to us, it actually can feed Thousands. Help us see the person in front of us as a neighbor. Help us to walk out of here and as we go to the store, as we go to our lives, as we go to our jobs, help us to have our minds and eyes open to the people that need to know that you are love. And help us learn how to use our loaves and our fishes to spread that love to invite people in, and to feed the world. In Jesus' name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Faith is something that connects us with Christ. Faith, Paul was right. Faith is something that truly connects us with the body of Christ, with Christ. And it also, that faith is how we communicate with, with God, and we hear the things that we have uh, that are useful, the tools that we have. Works is when we take the things that God tells us that we have and we use it. Every single one of you, you're so special. Every one of you as a unique individual has something. And God's calling you to use it. For you and for your neighbor. May we take what we have in our hearts the little loaves, the little fishes. And may we use those to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, to love ourselves the way that God loves us, and to love our neighbor the way we would love to be loved. Go in peace. Amen.